Hello, City First Church, and happy Easter weekend. You know, if you're watching City First for the first time, Jen and I are so glad that you joined us in celebrating this important event. We say this all the time, everyone is welcome at City First Church. In fact, we really believe that you belong here. You're now family. In fact, if you're watching for the first time, you are officially adopted into City First Church. Because we say this, we're not just a friendly church, we are a family church. Now, we're all on a spiritual journey. And for some of us, we've been on this journey with God for a really long time. Some of us, we're at the beginning of this journey. And some of us are just curious about the journey. Wherever you're at, thank you so much for joining us today on this Easter weekend. This may be something you know or maybe you don't, but Easter is more than just a holiday. It's a celebration of an historical event that took place about 2,000 years ago. If you go back to the original reason why we celebrate Easter, it was to commemorate and rejoice about the specific event of Jesus Christ being raised from the dead. Jesus was crucified on what we now call Good Friday. And after three days in the tomb, he was resurrected. In other words, that means came back to life on what we now call Easter Sunday. Do you know that over 500 people were eyewitnesses to the fact that he died and then came back to life? That's pretty powerful. This event is the centerpiece of our faith. Easter is about a day that changed everything. Because of Easter, you and I can have hope. Because of Easter, we can have forgiveness. Now, can we just stop for a minute and admit something? This is a really interesting Easter, isn't it? I mean, we're not gathered in our church buildings like usual. The world is kind of crazy right now. And most of us, well, we're stuck at home. Now, it has amazed me, I've been hearing these stories of people that are at home and they're really bored and so they find some dumb things to do. I read about an emergency room doctor that said that a guy came into the ER after being in a serious car accident and the guy had red marks all around his neck. And the doctor asked him, how in the world did you get these red marks or these burns around the neck when you were in this car accident? And the guy said, well, my wife and I were sitting on the porch and we got one of them new dog collars that have little zappers in it. Well, anyway, the guy went on to explain that he and his wife wanted to test the distance or the range that the dog collar worked. And so he told his wife, I'm going to put on this dog collar and I'm going to get in my pickup truck and I'm going to go down our driveway over the hill where you can't see me and I'm going to get on the road and start driving away from the house and, and I'll honk the horn. And every time I honk the horn, go ahead and press the little remote and see if it works. Let's see what the range is on this thing. So he did this that. He got in his pickup truck and went over the hill where his wife couldn't see him and got on the main road and started driving away from the house and he honked his horn. So his wife pressed the buzzer and it zapped him so hard that literally he almost became unconscious. He started to swerve and scream in pain and he actually started to swerve into oncoming traffic. Well, the car coming did what cars do when a car is starting to come into your lane and that car honked the horn. And his wife thought, oh, 
he must want me to go ahead and hit the zapper again, which he did. Again, the man screams, almost unconscious, starts swerving even more into oncoming traffic. More and more, the cars that are coming at him start honking one after another. She just kept on clicking the clicker, and basically, at that point, he went into the ditch. This is a true story. So, listen, kids, here's the lesson. When you're bored at home during this quarantine, don't play with shock collars, okay? Well, I have a question. I have a question for each and every one of us. Is everyone else having a really hard time remembering what day it is? I don't know about you, but I'm literally asking Jen every other day, hey, wait a minute, is it Wednesday or Tuesday? I cannot remember. And I've been talking to a lot of people and they feel the same way. They're like, I don't remember what day it is. Well, I'm gonna help you figure out what day it is today. I would suggest that each and every one of us are living in either Good Friday, Saturday, or Easter Sunday. What do I mean by that? Well, allow me to take a moment and explain because I think it's gonna be very, very helpful for you. In last weekend's message, I said this quote, if I want God's provision, I have to trust God's process. In other words, all of us right now are in process. And we're in process either going from Good Friday to Saturday or from Saturday to Easter Sunday. All of us are living in Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. What do I mean by that? Well, Good Friday, the original Good Friday, was a day of loss. What do I mean by that? Well, that's when Jesus went to the cross. That's when he was beaten, where he was tortured, where he was bruised for our transgressions, the Bible talks about. This is where he hung on the cross and he had nails driven through his wrist and through his ankles. This is also the time that his disciples are watching all of this. They're wondering what is going on. Eventually, Jesus dies at around 3 p.m. on what we now call Good Friday. Can I just say this? The original Good Friday was not good to those that were involved. It was a day of loss. It was a day that, that there was a lot of pain. It was a day that, that there was a lot of hurt. Now, I will say this, that we've all lost something recently. Some of us have lost a lot. Like we've all lost our freedom to live life as normal, haven't we? We've all lost the ability to see friends and loved ones in person. Some of us have even lost our jobs. Some of us have lost our income. Some of us have maybe even lost our health. You know, we've lost our ability to do things that we've loved. And all of us, have lost control of what we thought we had control of. Well, the disciples and the followers of Jesus thought they had lost their friend, their Messiah, the one that they thought was going to be the Savior, because there he was hanging on the cross, dead. So put yourself in their shoes for a moment. What did it feel like? What did Good Friday feel like to them? Well, the person that they had believed in and followed for the last three years of their lives was now dead. Jesus had said, follow me. They gave up their careers. They gave up their income. Some of them gave up you know, family members who, who disagreed with them, and they were all in, and now there's Jesus dead on the cross. Their lives were shattered. Their hearts were full of disappointment and sadness. Good Friday was a day of grieving for them. And for many of us, 
That's exactly where we're at. We're grieving. Some of us externally. Some of us internally. Some of us can say, you know what, we're living in Good Friday. We are living in a time of loss and disappointment and great sadness. But I want you to remember this. We are in process. We don't live in Good Friday forever. We can leave Friday and we can move forward. But some of us right now find ourselves in Friday. How about Saturday? Well, Saturday was a day of confusion and fear. Jesus is now buried in the tomb. And listen closely. His disciples and his followers are hiding in homes, unable to go outside into the streets. Why? Well, they feared for their lives because they figured the same people that crucified Jesus, those people are going to come after them. In fact, they felt it was not safe to go outside. Does that sound familiar? You know, remember this, that they didn't know that Easter Sunday was coming in 24 hours. You see, we know the rest of the story. They didn't. For us, we look at Saturday and we kind of forget about Saturday. We go right from Good Friday to Sunday because we think, oh, you know, Saturday is not that important. But if you're living Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, Saturday is a really long day full of confusion and full of fear. You see, this was a day of second guessing for many of Jesus' followers. It was a day of great confusion. Some of them, like Peter, their faith was rocked. In fact, less than 24 hours earlier, Peter had denied Jesus three times. Here's the, the person that's one of the closest to Jesus, and, and he denies even knowing him three times. You see, Peter's faith was super weak. He was scared. And some of us can resonate with that, right? I mean... These followers weren't even sure if they believed any more about Jesus and what he said. They, they weren't sure what they believed about God or life in general right now. They're trapped in their homes wondering what the future looked like. Let me say that again. They were trapped in their homes wondering what the future would look like. Does that sound familiar? You see, some of us are living in Saturday right now. We're full of fear anxiety, confusion, and maybe, if we were to be very honest, maybe even our faith has been rocked. Maybe it's a little shaky right now. You know, we want to believe for better days ahead, but that's kind of hard when we read the news every day and we hear of more and more people contracting the virus, more and more people dying, more and more restrictions being put on people to stay in their homes. You know what we need now more than optimism? We need hope. You hear, you hear that? We need hope more than optimism. Optimism is basically believing tomorrow's gonna be better, but we need hope. I love what Henry Nouwen said. He's a Christian that lived a little while ago, and he wrote this. While optimism makes us live as if someday soon things will get better for us, hope frees us from the need to predict the future and allows us to live in the present with deep trust that God will never leave us alone. Do you hear that? What a powerful quote. You see, we need hope right now. And hope comes from the fact that we understand that God is with us in the middle of our Saturday, in the middle of our confusion 
in the middle of our hiding, in the middle of our faith being rocked, in the middle of our fear, God is there. He has not abandoned us. He is with us every single step of the way. I want to remind you again that we're in process and we aren't going to live in our Saturday forever. We don't have to live in Saturday forever because here's the reason why. Easter Sunday was a day of victory and new life. Jesus is resurrected. Do you hear that? That he is no longer in the tomb. The disciples and the followers of Jesus celebrated because Jesus is who he said he was. He is the Son of God. He predicted his death and predicted that he would be resurrected. And guess what? It happened. Now, can I say this? If someone predicts their death and then predicts they're going to come back to life and then they actually die and they come back to life, we should listen to what that person is saying. That's exactly what Jesus did. He conquered sin, our sin, and offers us a new life. There is no sin. There is no wrong. There is no situation that Jesus' power cannot resurrect. Do you hear that? God can resurrect any dead area of your life. It reminds me of a verse in Romans chapter 4 where it talks about our God is a God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. He does that for you and I. He gives us a new and a forgiven life. You know, some of us have experienced the power of Easter Sunday before. We know about a God who took what was hopeless and gave us hope, what was dead and gave us a new life, what was broken and gave us his purpose. I want to remind you, every single one of you that are a Christ follower, that you have resurrection power inside of you. You have a God that has given you a new life. You have victory in Jesus and God is with you even during times of loss and confusion and pain and anxiety and fear. God has not abandoned you and you are going to go through your Friday and your Saturday and you're going to arrive at Easter Sunday and have power. However, there may be some of you listening right now that you've not experienced Jesus' power in your life. Can I tell you that God wants to give you a new life? He doesn't want you to do life on your own. God already loves you just the way that you are, but he loves you enough to not keep you the way that you are. He wants to give you a forgiven life, a new life, a life of his power and purpose. You might be living in Friday or Saturday, but here's the good news. You need Easter Sunday, and Easter Sunday's on the way. You need a resurrection. In fact, this is one of my favorite Easter verses in the whole Bible. It's found in Romans 8, verses 10 through 11. It says this, But for you who welcome him, meaning Jesus, in whom he dwells, even though you still experience all the limitations of sin, you yourself experience life on God's terms. It stands to reason, doesn't it, that if the alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead moves into your life, he'll do the same things in you that he did in Jesus, 
bringing you alive to himself. When God lives and breathes in you as he does, as surely as he did in Jesus, you are delivered from that dead life. With his spirit living in you, your body will be alive as Christ. You see, Easter is not just something you celebrate, it's something you live. Please remember that. This verse is saying that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead comes into our lives and resurrects what is dead. You see, some of you think that you've gone too far for God to turn your life around. That is the furthest thing from the truth. There is no one that is unreachable with God's powerful love. God loves you with an unconditional love, which means that you and I don't deserve it and we definitely don't earn it. He knows all that we've done. He knows everything that you're going through and he wants to change your life. I want you to watch this powerful story of a friend who had the resurrection power of God's love and forgiveness come into her life. And it changed everything. My name is Andrea and I'm a recovering alcoholic. Prior to my first drink was uh, feeling broken, even from a very young age, feeling very fundamentally different from other people feeling like I was always on the outside looking in, uh, that life didn't make sense to me, and that I didn't feel like I belonged to any particular group. I made friends very easily, but I just never felt a part. And that's really where it began. It's very easy to disguise your alcoholism and your drinking in when you are surrounding yourself into populations that do the same. And I did that for a long time. I never intended many, many times to get as, as intoxicated as I did. I never meant to black out. I never meant to hurt people. I never meant to drive my car. And progressively, so my drinking got worse, and um, the binges got closer together, and the drinking became almost nightly, and it started to very much affect my career and my life and my family, to the point of being suicidal. Um, I would go to work and I would pretend to be professional all day, and then I would leave work and my life was a mess. I was spiritually bankrupt. I tried therapy, I tried medication, I tried self-help books, I tried church, and it was too easy for me in church to sit back in the congregation and be anonymous and listen to a message for one hour and then go back into my life and not know how to apply that and let the enemy tell me that it's not the alcohol, lies. And I would go back to my old behaviors because that's all I knew. And it was only when I, that last morning when I was suicidal, I got down on my knees and I said, God, can you help me? I can't do this anymore. And things started to shake and move and the world shifted. I needed people that believed in God and, 
and aligned myself with people that had the same faith as me in the belief of Jesus Christ. And I needed to incorporate a church, and that's really when I found City First. I had a spiritual awakening. My sobriety rests on the contingency of my spiritual condition. I have a personal relationship with God every single day. He is my safety net today. I know I can go into the world and I can make mistakes. My day begins with prayer. My day ends with prayer of gratitude. He's given me a sense of self and self-worth. I, I oftentimes look back at where I would be had I not taken this journey. I don't think I'd be here. I truly don't. My life has never been the same. Wow, what an amazing story, right? I love Andrea's story, her testimony of how God changed her. And you know what? Andrea is a part of City First. She leads a recovery life group. She's now taking her story, her resurrected life, and she's helping others find resurrected life. Well, I want to read this verse as we close. It's out of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. One man died for everyone. That puts everyone in the same boat. He included everyone in his death so that everyone could also be included in his life. A resurrection life, a far better life than people ever lived on their own. Some of you need to be reminded of that today. You're sitting in your living room, you're watching on your smartphone or your laptop, and you need to be reminded that because you are a Christ follower, you have a resurrected life. You will overcome this crisis and others that will follow because of the power of Jesus inside of you. And for others, maybe this is new information. I want you to realize that you can experience this new life also. That you can live with Easter Sunday power, victory, forgiveness, and purpose in your life. Well, how do you get it? Very simply, you make Jesus the leader and the forgiver of your life. You need to remember that Jesus died on the cross for this reason, for you and for me. That's how much he loved us. Because sin, our sin, has separated us from a perfect and a loving God, there needed to be a solution. Someone needed to pay the debt of our wrongdoing. And that's exactly what Jesus did. He took our sin upon him and he willingly walked to a cross and died and paid the price for my sin and for yours. So now we make him the leader and the forgiver of our lives. And when we ask for forgiveness, the Bible says that he removes our sin record from us as far as the east is from the west. Think about that. He totally forgives and forgets every wrong thing that you've done. And so if you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior and make him the leader of your life and the forgiver of your life, will you just repeat this prayer right where you're at after me? Just say a simple prayer like this. You ready? Jesus, I come to you today and I ask for forgiveness for all that I've done wrong. Come into my life and be the leader of my life. 
I want to live for you. I accept your unconditional love. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me and dying for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, that was the most important prayer you've ever prayed in your entire life. God loves you. He has forgiven you. And you now begin to have a new life. Now, listen closely. It doesn't mean that life is going to be perfect. And it doesn't mean that you're going to be perfect. It means this, that you are accepted, that you are forgiven. And you now have Jesus as the one to help you navigate this life. He'll give you strength. He'll give you wisdom. He'll give you purpose. He'll give you power. And he gives you access to his presence, which means the presence of God is with you. Jesus is with you. He loves you more than words can express. Jesus will never abandon you. Remember that on this Easter Sunday. Jen and I love you so much. Thank you for being a part of City First and continue to be a part of City First, all right? Every single week, join us. We want you to be a part. It's not the same without you. God bless you, we love you, and happy Easter.